What's up, everyone? And welcome to episode number 13 of the Two Metal for This podcast. I'm Jason, and with me as always is Justin. Let's go, everybody. And Bobby. Bobby motherfucking McDermott. All right, so we've officially made it to the end of the year. And we want to kick this episode off by throwing some shout-outs out there to some of our biggest supporters. So I'm going to start by shouting out Travis and Tanya Baker, Dennis Jaza, Dave Rito, and Big Baby Jesus. We'll also give a shout-out to Danny Leader, Amos Mills, uh, Mark and Justin McDermott, Martin Daly, Becca Odom, Bebo, Juan Santiago, and David Pete. And that dude out in California that wants to drink whiskey with me. I like that guy. Hell yeah. So we're going to recap the year here. We're going we're gonna to talk about our top six albums of 2022. But before we get into that, here's this week's news. The news. Recently formed Deathcore Supergroup, calling themselves the Big Six, recently hit the studio to record a cover of the Mariah Carey classic, All I Want for Christmas is You. The group features Will Ramos from Lorna Shore, Joe Badalato from Fit for an Autopsy, Chris Fonzak from Attila, Taylor Barber from Left to Suffer, Dickie Allen from Infant Annihilator, and Tyler Shelton from Traitors. The group describes themselves as a boy band. No word on if any additional material will follow, but they did share a video on their Instagram, and it seems like they had one hell of a time recording this song. It's definitely worth checking out. If you ever wondered what it would sound like if Mariah Carey sang death metal, here you go. In some wholesome news, Corpse Grinder recently posted pictures of himself posing with a local mall Santa before decimating the claw machines at a nearby Walmart. As usual, all of his winnings will be donated to charity. If you haven't seen this on his social media, it's definitely worth checking out. He even got the mall Santa to sit on his lap. Jackass star Bam Margera was recently spotted at an Amana Marth show in California, marking his first public appearance since his hospitalization for COVID. What better way to celebrate your release from the hospital than by raising your horns and drinking to glory? And lastly, Rolling Stone magazine has announced their top 15 metal albums of 2022. Their number one was Soul Glow. Number two was Ozzy Osbourne. Three was Meshuggah. Four was Ghost. And five was Chat Pile. I'm not going to go through the whole list as we're going to be getting into our own top six on this episode. But be sure to weigh in and let us know what were your favorite albums of 2022. This portion of Two Metal for This is brought to you by Ox 45 Malt Liquor. Perfect with some thick, perlacious gounge bud just cruising around and it gets the chicks all horn dogged out. Ox 45 Malt Liquor. Ah, tall as only. 
All right, I'm Bobby motherfucking McDermott with some new music out here I'm going to share with you. going to rate this stuff on a uh, one to six upside down pentagrams. The intention is not to crush anybody's feelings, but I ain't here to suck anybody's dick. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. If I do like it, I'll fucking tell you. All right, last call, everybody. End of the year. This is the last of the album reviews. Starting off with Eye of Doom, The Sapient. Six songs, 47 minutes. Doom metal from Canada. Some really good sludgy stuff here. There are vocals, but they're spread out. And uh, you got a bunch of psychedelic things going on here and there. Return to Decession is uh, pretty badass. That's the one that stands out there. So check that out. That is Eye of Doom, The Sapient. It's four upside down pentagrams right there. Dirt Forge. They dropped a single a couple weeks back that I told you about. The whole album's out now. Interspiral is the album. Seven songs, 43 minutes. Sludge Metal from Denmark. These guys are pretty fucking badass. Sounds like if Crowbar tried to make a Tool album, uh, I'd be very interested to see these guys live. Cool riffs with some dark melodic stuff sprinkled in there. Drummer is badass. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Killer album. Dirt Forge, Inter Sparrow, Six. Upside Down Pentagrams. Mm. Six, six, six. Got a split EP here. Captain Caravan and Kaiser. Uh, Turn to Stone Part 6 is the name of the EP. Nine songs, 44 minutes. First five songs are Captain Caravan. They're pretty cool. Norwegian stoner rock, uh, but no match for what comes after. The last four songs are Kaiser. This is their uh, third album. These guys are definitely tightening up their sound and uh, bringing their fucking heat pretty good. Sludgy Stoner Doom from Finland. Uh, they got the riffs, they got banging ass drums, cool effects, great grooves, awesome, uh, awesome effort from these guys. Uh, now it's a split EP, so I'm going to do a split ranking. The Captain Caravan, I'd give a three and a half upside down pentagrams, but the Kaiser is a solid six upside down pentagrams. Six, six, six. So that is Kaiser and Captain Caravan split, turn to stone part six. Another EP, Eight Foot Man Child, self-titled. Four songs, 19 minutes. The world's first and therefore best doom brass band. Crushing riffs and filthy funky horns. This shit's pretty fucking badass. I like that a lot. They got some vocals in there, but it's mostly just some gnarly riffs and then a goddamn brass band backing it up. You think it's going to sound horrible, but it's pretty fucking cool. I like that. Eight Foot Man Child. Self-titled EP, five upside-down pentagrams. Acacia Strain's got a new single out, Untended Graves, two minutes, 20 seconds. Check that out. No information if they're making a new album yet. I'll get back to you on that. So this is the end of the year. Wasn't any cool albums for us to do the group review on. So we're going to do a classic review once again. These guys have been in the news and this is the end of the year. This was the end of their, I guess it was their career. Uh, Pantera, 2000s, Reinventing the Steel is what we're going to talk about. 10 songs, 44 minutes, some metal from Texas. Now I'm about to draw a line in the sand here. A little bit of controversy. I think this is their best fucking album. And I've always said it. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't care. It's my opinion. 
they always had a really trebly sound. And this album, they turned the bass up and gave it a beefier, meatier sound. I think it sounds the best. Other albums have the cooler songs, but just imagine if they produced it with this fucking level, just so thick and meaty. And the recording process was a little different. Uh, they weren't all together jamming out these songs. The band was writing the songs and then mailing it to Phil and then, you know, kind of back and forth there. So it has interesting parts in the songs where they're just kind of jamming out, doing cool noises and shit, and there's no vocals. So the album doesn't sound like any of their other stuff. Yesterday don't, yesterday doesn't mean shit, and It Makes Them dis- Disappear are my favorite songs on there. I'll Cast a Shadow is a badass fucking closer and kind of haunting if you think about it when, you know, how shit went down. But uh, back to front, this album is super cool. Loved it then, love it now. Six upside down pentagrams for me. Six, six, six. What do you think, Justin? Uh, this is definitely not one of my favorite Pantera albums. I think I'm in more of the majority there, which mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually my least listened to and probably hadn't given this a spin for many years before this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this time around, my opinion still didn't change much. It's not that it's bad. It's just to me, it's missing something. I do hear the beefier sound that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Didn't really recognize that. And so you just pointed it out. Um, but it's just weird for me at times and kind of hit or miss. Good songs are really good, and they stand out, and there just feels like there's a lot of other songs. Um, Goddamn Electric is one I like on here mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, Revolution is my name. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Don't Mean Shit is also a fantastic song, as you mentioned. Uh, overall, I'd give it about a three out of six. Oh, wow. Sorry, Bobby. No, you're good. I'm not in the band. Who gives a shit? Okay. Sounds like, once again, I'm going to find myself somewhere in the middle here between these two. So... Admittedly, my first impression of this album was that it was lackluster compared oh, wow. to the other albums in Pantera's catalog, which I think was a shared sentiment a lot among a lot of people. Uh, so it was years before I really went back and listened to the album. I kind of forgot about it. Wasn't in my rotation. Um, that said, it is a pretty fucking solid album, and I do kind of regret sleeping on it. There's some really brutal songs on the album. You guys already mentioned Goddamn Electric. Yesterday don't mean shit. Um, but You've Got to Belong to It has got mm. one of the coolest guitar riffs that I've oh, heard. Man. And I just can't imagine anyone else playing that riff other than Dimebag. I mean, it's just, it's got his signature all over it. That song alone is enough to make me want to re-listen to the album. So that said, I enjoyed it so much that I was wondering what it was that I didn't like about it to begin with. And it's kind of funny because what I didn't like about it was the production. So (laughs) apparently I prefer the production on the other albums. It's got a more clean, crisp sound. And apparently Bobby prefers the beefier, bassier sound. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting because we listened to the same album and had different takes on it. That said... In 2020, they released the 20th anniversary version with Terry Date remixes, and I preferred it a lot more. The mix was different, and it made me enjoy the album a lot more, and I've listened to it several times this week. So overall, given my whole journey with this album, probably like years ago, I would have gave it a three or a four. I'll give this a solid five upside down pentagrams. There you go. All right. That's a good one, man. Classic albums. Gotta love it. Pantera's reinventing the steel. 
from 2000. Hey folks, are you hungry? You got the munchies? You need a late night snack? We'll go get you some of Captain Spaulding's fried chicken. We got chicken wings, we got drumsticks, we got chicken thighs, we got chicken eyes. Whatever part of the chicken you like, we got it deep fried. So get off your ass and go get you some of Captain Spaulding's fried chicken. It just tastes so damn good. It's time for the top six, six, six. All right, everybody. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about the top six albums of the year. But before we get into that list, there are some albums that didn't quite make the cut that we want to mention real quick. So I'll throw a couple of mine out. Slipknot, the end so far. Really good effort from those guys. Megadeth. The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Definitely one of my favorite albums of the year, but didn't quite crack the top six. And the last one for me would be The Halo Effect with Days of the Lost. Some for me that uh, Jason has not mentioned or Bobby. Uh, Miss May I's Curse of Existence and Fit for a King's The Hell We Create. I know Bobby loved that one. No, I did not like that. But I did like Blood Bass, Survival of the Sickest. It was a fucking great album. Had a bunch of cool guests on there like Old Barnes from Napalm Death. And also Carpathia from the band Freedom of Fear. That's been on my rotation ever since it dropped. Man, they got some cool, catchy fucking songs. I like that shit. Those are the guys out of uh, Australia doing the death core. everybody this is what we've been building up to all year it's time to discuss the top six albums of 2022 i'm gonna kick it off this week with my number six pick which is goat horror angels hung from the arches of heaven nice if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year if goat horror would have made my top six albums i would have laughed uh, this one caught me really off guard. Admittedly, I haven't really been a fan of goat horror. Um, however, that's because I really never took a proper deep dive into their catalog. And I decided to check this new release out when it dropped just on a whim just to see what it was all about. And I was in the mood for something different. And I was absolutely blown away. Perfect blend of thrash, death, little hints of black metal in there. And I'm not going to lie, the main draw for me is the evil, blasphemous lyrics. It's sort of a cathartic experience for me because it lets me get out all of my frustration with religion and all of my dark thoughts. Let's me get all of that out in a healthy way and deal with it. Um, yeah, that's really not much more I could say about this album. It's fucking brutal, and musically, it's one of the best things I heard all year for sure. So that's my number six, Goat Whore. Angels hung from the arches of heaven. Nice. All right. My number six is from Memphis May Fire. It's remade in Misery. This is the seventh studio album from Memphis May Fire. And it was a, was a return to a more metalcore sound. Uh, they slowly released nine singles from this album, starting with Blood in the Water in June of 2021, ending with Your Turn in May of 2022, before this album was finally released. 
So it didn't really feel like a new album when it did come out, but that doesn't take away from how solid the album is from top to bottom. It's a lyrically driven album about hardships that doesn't really dwell on the negative, but rather tries to make everything positive and pointing out there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, some of the top songs, in my opinion, from it were uh, Blood in the Water, Bleed Me Dry, Make Believe, but some deeper cuts that I really, really like for Misery and uh, Left for Dead. Um, yeah, it's a, like I said, more of a metalcore sound than they had had the previous few albums, and I really enjoyed it. Memphis May Fires Remade in Misery is my number six. It's 11 songs, 37 minutes. Nice. My number six, Pet Brick, Liminal, 11 songs, 44 minutes. Noise rock from London. I call it industrial death techno of doom. This is Igor Cavalera and Wayne Adams side project. Shit's fucking crazy loud. Really fucking weird. This has been my go-to after Friday jam. Like, you know, you shit, eat shit all week at work. And then you go blow off some steam. I kick on this stuff. Pet Brick Liminal. It's just bonkers, weird fucking gnarly noises, big banging drums. Eeyore's is fucking going crazy. Just super fun stuff. I was so happy when I found this album. So it's definitely on the uh, top six there. So Pet Rick Liminal. Check that one out. All right. My number five is Lamb of God. Omens. Ten songs. 41 minutes and five seconds. Lamb of God is definitely one of the most consistent modern metal bands. Uh, they really only put out one album that I wasn't really into, which was the Resolution album. This album, Omens, combines all the usual Lamb of God tricks with a very punk rock attitude that comes through in many of the songs, including the lead single, Nevermore, which is actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. The album's full of bangers that are definitely going to become staples in the live show. Songs like Omens, Ditch, and Grayscale are going to make the fans leave the live show absolutely exhausted. Uh, they also continue the tradition of having an epic closing song with the song September Song. I would also encourage everyone to really dig into the lyrics on this album. There's some really impactful stuff on here. It's full of political and social commentary, and it's presented very well. So overall, it's Lamb of fucking God. What else really needs to be said? It's my number five, Lamb of God's Omens. My number five comes from... Machine Head of Kingdom and Crown. This is the 10th studio album from Machine Head. It's a concept album set in a futuristic wasteland that revolves around two characters, Ares and Euros. My pronounce was wrong, but that's my thing. So whatever. Who both go on their own respective killing sprees following the death of their loved ones. The opening track, Slaughter the Martyr, is such an epic opener that Machine Head has been known for. They become known for it. They always have a great opener. Uh, and this one would be amazing to hear them open a live show with. Uh, the lyric, I lay paralyzed in a homicidal rage. The anger is driving me insane is one of the most powerful lyrics I've heard all year. It's a return to form that reminds me of the Phil Demel era with more technical things happening, riffs for days, solo after solo. The album is tight, precise, and brutal and exactly what we needed after 2008's abysmal catharsis. This is 13 songs. 59 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, some of the top songs are Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate, My Hands Are Empty, Kill My Enemies, and of course, Slaughter the Martyr. My number five is Machine Heads of Kingdom and Crown. Hell yeah. See, my number five is Dead Body, The Requiem, 
Eight songs, 20 minutes. Death metal hardcore from L.A. Man, these guys are fucking pissed. They got the riffs. They got the drums. Kind of sounds like uh, obituary if they had the energy of some hardcore kids, which I bet is fucking really awesome live. Uh, just back to front. Insane album. Love this shit. Uh, this is my going to work on Monday album. If that lets you know how I book in my fucking week. Dead Body, The Requiem. Check that shit out. That's my number five. All right. Getting into number four. My pick is Crooked Royals. Their album, Quarter Life Daydream. So you may remember that I actually reviewed this album on a previous episode. Eight songs, 30 minutes, 40 seconds. Progressive metalcore from New Zealand. This album has some of the best guitar work that I've heard on any album all year. It's a huge step up from the EP that they put out in 2019 that was called Rumination. The vocal performance on this album is incredible. Reminds me of another band I used to be a big fan of called The Human Abstract. And it's just a really good album to put on when you just want something to chill to. It's heavy, but it's not angry. And it's filled with technical guitar riffing and solos. That'll make you feel like you've teleported into the future. So if you haven't checked them out, check out Crooked Royals with Quarter Life Daydream as my number four. All right. My number four comes from Motionless in White. It's scoring the end of the world. It's the sixth studio album from Motionless in White, and it's their breakthrough. Uh, these guys have chugged along the festival scene for years and years with songs here or there that caught my attention but they never really completely hooked me in. Uh, their last album, uh, 2019's Disguise, was solid, but this just takes it to another level. Uh, they're a little bit industrial, some metalcore, gothic elements, even some deathcore at times, but it all bl blends seamlessly into uh, what will be their defining album. If you're into the horror metal style with sing-along and grooves, you'll definitely enjoy this. Uh, it's 13 songs, 49 minutes, 57 seconds. Staples that I'm sure you've heard, Werewolf, Masterpiece, and Cyberhex. But some deeper cuts, check out uh, BFBTG, Corpse Nation. That's a really cool song later on in the album. Uh, Motionless and White, Scoring the End of the World is my number four. All right. My number four is a band I talked about last week, Space King. Anti-Cosmic Stoner Metal is the album. Six songs, 34 minutes. Now, I only had it since last week, but I haven't stopped fucking listening to it. I was so happy when I found this album, and it just kept getting awesome. The riffs are really cool. Great effects on them. The drums are on point. Just really cool stuff coming out of Russia, uh, besides the missiles going into the Ukraine, but whatever. Uh, Space King, just really fucking cool shit going on out there. And the stoner doom scene is pretty saturated with everybody just going by the fucking numbers. It was cool to hear these guys come out there and knock it out of the fucking park. Space King. Anti-Cosmic Stoner Metal. Two Metal for This is brought to you in part by Goat's Blood. Have you ever wanted to be the singer of a death metal band, but you have the vocal cords of a soft-ass little bitch? What you gotta do with the pros, dude, and coat your throat with the blood of a goat. Goat's Blood! Chock full of vitamin E holes, guaranteed to make you sound at least 66% more demonic on your next recording. Goat's blood! You gotta 
coat your throat with the blood of a goat, or you'll sound like a little bitch. Goat's blood helping death metal sound brutal for over 30 years. All right, we're going to keep this rolling on to my number three. Number three is Zeal and Ardor with their self-titled album. 14 songs, 44 minutes and three seconds. Uh, For those that don't already know, this band started out in kind of a weird way. Started out as a dare. Vocalist Manuel Gagno uh, actually posted some of his music to 4chan uh, and asked for suggestions on blending two different uh, contrasting styles together. He knew that the people on 4chan would be brutally honest, and that's what he got from them. So being that Manuel is of mixed race, one user suggested that he blend black metal with quote-unquote N-word music. He rose to the challenge, and as a result, he literally blended black metal and traditional African-American spiritual music. The lyrical themes play with the concept of what would happen if early American slaves had embraced Satan instead of Jesus. Musically, this is probably the most diverse album to come out in 2022. There's just so much going on here. There's folk, blues, black metal, industrial, and electronic elements all playing together to create this weird sound. And it works on every level. If you want something that's just incredibly different and going to take you on a journey, check out Zeal and Ardor with their self-titled album. And go back and listen to their two previous albums as well. These guys are no slouches. This is good stuff. And it's definitely something very unique that they're doing. Yeah, I like those guys a lot. Yeah, you'll never hear anything else like it. It's completely different. So number three, Zeal and Order, self-titled. My number three is from I Prevail. It is True Power. Uh, this is one of the best up-and-coming bands from the last decade uh, with their third album. And they rightfully keep getting bigger and bigger with each release. Uh, I do actually prefer 2009's Trauma over True Power, but this is still a very solid follow-up that deserves a spot in my top six of the year. Uh, described as metalcore mixed with rap metal and new metal. It's hard to put them in a box as they go through several styles with the dual vocalists. I Prevail are always lyrically driven, dealing with subjects of depression and heartbreak and loss, but there's always an explosion waiting to drop, which gets the live crowd moving. Uh, speaking of, we've seen them a few weeks ago and they played no less than nine songs off of this album and the crowd was into every single one of them. Body Bag is a pit song until the end. Uh, Bad Things is another good song. Uh, deeper Cuts, even though they're playing them live, are fake Judgment Day and Fuck What You Think You Know. It's uh, 15 songs, 44 minutes. I Prevail's True Powers, my number three. Nice. Number three, Spirit World. Death Western, 11 songs, 36 minutes. Las Vegas, metallic hardcore. Cowboys and metal, man. I fucking love these dudes. I haven't shut the fuck up about these guys since they came out. This album was a huge fucking improvement from their first one. They tightened it up. They got their theme of, I don't know, death cowboy metal going on. It's pretty cool. It's very unique. Mixing old-timey saloon music with pummeling riffs, the likes of which fans of Hatebreed and Slayer should fucking love. It's genius. I hope these guys fucking tour here. I'd love to see these guys. They dress up as fucking cowboys, and then they're just blasting the face with this fucking incredible goddamn metal. Fucking Spirit World Death Western. If you haven't checked it out, you're dumb. 
Agreed. <laughs> All right. My number two is Lorna Shore with Pain Remains. Ten tracks, one hour and one minute. Uh, another album that at the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me if I thought I would have it in my top six, no, probably not. I was familiar with the band, but you know, only casually. I had heard a few songs here and there. This album uh, is absolutely incredible. This is the album that introduced us to the new vocalist, Will Ramos. And God damn, what an introduction it was. Mm -hmm. This is definitely one of the darkest albums I've heard this year. Maybe ever, for that matter. We talked about it on the show before, and we discussed how the band, are what they're really doing here is black and death metal, as opposed to deathcore. But call it whatever you want. The album's awesome. It's a concept album, and that can be felt not just lyrically, but through the music as well. Takes you on a journey. There's little parts of each song that tie into the song that precedes it to where it all feels like one big cohesive track. Uh, the standout track for me that I just cannot get enough of is Sun Eater. If you haven't checked the band out, that's a good track to start with. Uh, but Lorna Shore with Pain Remains. That's my number two. It's a great album. That dude definitely drinks goat blood. Yeah, no soft ass bitches around Lorna Shore. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see where Lorna Shore go goes and uh, Spirit World as these bands continue to grow. My number two comes from Ghost. It's Impira. It's the fifth studio album from Ghost. And in my opinion, they get better with each release. While it's not a true concept album, this does focus on the rise and fall of Empires. I've been a, a fan of this band since their debut. But if you haven't heard Ghost before, I'm not entirely sure how to explain it to you what you're in for to hear. Uh, they're much different than any other modern metal band. I guess it's kind of Blue Oyster Cult modernized and with a little more metal into it, even though they've kind of got more rock now. But um, they slightly evolved with each album. Uh, they're theatrical, catchy, and evil. It's everything you want in a ghost album. 12 songs, 46 minutes. Check out uh, some of the staples, Call Me Little Sunshine, Spillways, and Hunter's Moon, which was on the Halloween soundtrack. Uh, but my favorite song is uh, Watcher in the Sky. Uh, 20s is also really good. And Darkness at the Heart of My Love. Ghosts Impura is my number two. It's a great album. It's fucking fantastic. I love it. A lot of places have it number one this year. It's close. It was number seven on my list. Sorry. There you go. It's not on my list at all. What is on my list at number two? Revocation. Nether Heaven. Nine songs in 45 minutes. Technical death metal from Boston. This fucking album is incredible. Back to front, impressive. It made me want to stop playing and then also go like try harder. It's a, a very odd feeling when I listen to this music. It lets you know you suck and that you could become better at the same time. It's fucking amazing. Nihilistic violence is definitely the song I've listened to most this year. Every fucking day I listen to this song. It's very inspiring. It's fucking brutal. Revocation. Technical fucking death metal. That's the shit I like. Fucking serious business. Revocation. Nether Heaven. That's my number two. Can't believe we're already at number one. Moving right along. Number one. What do you got, Jason? The best album of the year. 
best album of the year comes to you from Machine Fucking Head. It's a pretty good album. Of Kingdom and Crown. I feel like we may have talked about this album already. I don't think Justin gave it enough credit. 13 tracks, 59 minutes and 30 seconds. Definitely a return to form for Rob Flynn after the controversial album that was Catharsis. I did enjoy the album. I enjoyed Catharsis a lot more than Justin, but it did lack the direction and flow that we get out of this album. Justin talked about it already, but the album is a concept album. He kind of touched on all of it. You have two characters. You have Eros and Ares. Uh, who both suffer traumatic losses and go on murderous rampages. And that can be felt throughout the album. You can actually feel like you're part of the story. It just does an amazing job of capturing that feeling. Musically, it definitely harkens back to the blackening while infusing a little more melody and allowing the songs to breathe a little bit more, uh, which I actually prefer. Uh, I like the fact that it's not just brutal punch you in the face for 59 minutes and 30 seconds. There's a lot of times where it lets up and that really lends to the story and everything that's going on and the emotions involved. So I'm going to stop short of saying that this album is better than the blackening. However, I think time will tell on that one. And who knows? Maybe one day on this show, I might tell you that this is the best album of Machine Head's career. But I'm not saying that yet. Number one of the year. Machine fucking head of Kingdom and Crown. It's a great album. It might be up there with the blackening. For the record, uh, mine, I struggled with uh, how I was going to rank them six to one. I ended up going with basically what I listened to the most. So Machine Head's album is probably technically better than my number one. But my number one was what I was listening to more than anything. And that comes from one of my favorite current bands, and that's Parkway Drive, Darker Still. It's the seventh studio album from the Metalcore Legends. They continue to depart from that technical Metalcore sound of their earlier years, much to the dismay of their hardcore fans. But by simplifying the sound, it's become more accessible. And overall, I believe it's written better. Uh, You don't always need super complicated song structures and thousands of riffs for a song to be good. That's something that's lost on some of that hardcore fan base. Uh, These guys are headlining festivals now for a reason, and albums like this are only going to continue to push them into being a juggernaut of the metal scene. Uh, I do like 2018's Reverence a little bit better, but Darker still is a great follow-up to that. Uh, I've spun it over and over and over again this year. Songs like Ground Zero talk about uh, the band's mental break. Uh, Darker still is a nearly seven-minute epic melodic journey that's a far departure from anything that they've done before. Soul Bleach Bleach comes in and rips. It just brings you back uh, all around for them hardcore fans in that pit. Uh, This is one of the most anticipated albums of the year for me, and I think it definitely delivered. Uh, It's 11 songs, uh, 46 minutes. Uh, I mentioned uh, Ground Zero and Darker Still, but Glitch is another good song. And a lot of people give If God Can Bleed Hate, but then Love Soul Bleach. It's a two-part song. They literally go back-to-back together if you're really paying attention. So I think if you're hating on If God Can Bleed, you like Soul Bleach, you might want to just listen a little co- closer and play them back to back. My number one album of the year, my favorite album, Parkway Drives, Darker Still. Nice. So, no surprise here. Album of the fucking year. 
Dead Cross. Number two, nine songs, 32 minutes. It's a metal supergroup featuring guitarist Michael Crane of Retox, Justin Pearson of The Locust on bass, Dave fucking Lombardo of Slayer behind the drum kit, and Mike Patton of Faith No More, Mr. Mungle, Tomahawk, and many others, handling the vocals. This album took me by surprise. Like, if you'd have told me earlier, like, hey, you're going to love this fucking album, I'm like, nah, I kind of blew it off like everybody else did. Didn't see it coming. This was so fucking fun to listen to. Every time I kick it on, I have such a good time. Crazy unorthodox songwriting, cool fucking riffs everywhere. Just fucking cool riffs everywhere. Dave doing all kinds of cool, neat shit on the drums. Mike Patton doing what Mike Patton does. It's got goofy parts, but it's pretty fucking metal when it comes down to it. It's going to be one of those sleepers that everybody a few years from now goes back and listens to it and realizes how fucking killer it was. I'm telling you, it's going to be this decade's Songs for the Deaf. I really fucking love this album. I said it before. Stands true now. Dead Cross 2, album of the year. Okay, so to recap. At number six. Six. Goat Whore. Five. Lamb of God. Four. Crooked Royals. Three. Zeal and Ardor. Dose. Lorna Shore. And number one for Jason. Machine fucking head. All right. Number six. My number six is Memphis May Fire Remade in Misery. Five. Machine Head of Kingdom and Crown. Four. Motionless and White Scoring the End of the World. Three. I Prevail True Power. Dose. Ghost Impera. One. Parkway Drive. Darker Still. Nice. Number six. Pet Brick Liminal. Number five. Dead Body the Requiem. Four. Space King Anti-Cosmic Stoner Metal. Three. Spirit World Death Western. Two. Revocation Nether Heaven. And Bobby's number one. Dead Cross. Two. Love Arnold. Total Recall, man. All right. Ready? It's not a tumor. It's not. <laughs> oh, right. What are we doing? I don't know the songs. <laughs> Some fans take this for face value. Others, uh, I'm sorry. Some fans, I'll just redo the whole thing. Take two. Take two. Take <laughs> two. Ah. So, uh, Rivers of Nihil have parted ways with their founding vocalist, uh, Jake Diefenbach. Um, God bless you. The bass player, Adam Biggs, is set to take over vocal duties. <laughs> duties. Um, <laughs> I feel like I gotta redo that whole shit. I'm working with children over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Having All a, audio so far is good, though? Having a good I time. think so, yeah. Okay. Glitterous Maximus. Glitterous Maximus. It's a great name, though. Three, two, one, go. Six, 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 go. All right, now it's time for the review segment where we fuck up everything on the first guess. That's what we do. There we go. That was take one. Take two. Amateurs. Working with fucking children here. Where's my buttons at? One second. All right. <laughs> All right, it's time for music reviews where we. Uh, man, how the fuck do it? I started. Ah! All 
right. Penis in your mouth. Here. What's in the box? What's in the box? All right. Dildos. <laughs> I feel your pain. I don't now, even Jason. know why that was funny. <laughs> I feel your pain now, Jason. All right. <laughs> Get ready to do this. It's like <laughs> dildos. Glitterous Maximus. Mm. Okay. All right. It's fun to fucking say Test Glitterous test. Maximus. It is. Rolls off the tongue. Huh? Huh? Sorry, I'm over here emotionless and white. Mr. Bu- I'm sorry. Mr. Bungle. Yeah, you bungled that for sure. I bungled that shit. <laughs> we do the whole thing over. Can you? You can if you what? think I'm going to mm. mess the edit up. Yeah, I don't want to mess up Mr. Bungle. I said Mr. Bugle. Mm. <laughs> that was a bungle. POD, seven dust, hate breed, not hate breed. Fuck! <laughs> Can you pick it up after you said good band? Yeah, I'll pick it up after good band because there was a pause there. This band is not fucking hate breed because they suck, but I'm going to talk about it. What are you drinking? Nothing, but I also did not write KMFDM. I wrote KMFM and that fucked me up too. Yo, KMFDM, I love them. Yeah. Listening to the smooth oldies on KMFM. BMFM. So where was I? I was soul flies where I stopped. Okay. POD, Seven Dust, Who was Thank, Alien Ape Farm, Filter. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is tough. A little stumble. said oh, Alien Ape Farm. <laughs> I was just going to go with it. You know, I, I couldn't to... help it. I'm not... hey, you got the outtakes. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. This, this is kind of my just in nothing with the stumbles. Right? No, I'm just in outtakes. Just in outtakes. All right. Justin in and out takes. Mm. <laughs> Stabbing westward, cold orgy, cradle of filth, body count, orgy, monster magnet, and a few dozen more. A couple a few, of orgies. A few weeks past. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> a lot of orgies going on. The band and an event. And One shit. of them's cold. <laughs> it's a cold orgy. <laughs> I did put those right next to each other. Cold and orgy. Uh, all right. P.O.D. No, I'm not at P.O.D. I'm at, and it doesn't more. Probably cut right there, I'm guessing, right? This whole goddamn thing is an outtake. No. <laughs> Jesus I, fucking Christ. I can fix it. It's cool. Yeah, I, I think there was enough pause there. Yeah. Also on the bill, Alexis on fire. Architects disturbed. Love that, Jason. Evan Evan. I spelled their name off. Evanescence. <laughs> birthday, birthday, 2023 will return to the Central Florida Flare Grounds. Flare Grounds. God, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching the outtakes at the end of Anchorman where it's, it's like, like fucking everything. Like my fucking donkey <laughs> sticking to my mouth or something. I don't even know, man. Welcome to your joints in the morning. Yeah, carry on, bro. We'll get your Florida Flare. <laughs> fucking... Now I'm thinking about Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> the Flair Browns. The Flair Browns. All right. Hey, Ric Flair uh, has his own wheat now, too. All right. What's it called? Woo! It's goddamn it's right. Not, it's called something else. Wheeling and dealing. Well, that was a missed opportunity, too, then. 
I've spent more money on spilled liquor oh, than you'll ever make in your life. Is it called Nature Boy? Nature Boy, yeah. I mean, that'd be... No, it's called Ric Flair Drip. That's stupid. That's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. Nature yeah, Boy, just, that, that's no, another... That's a layup. But Rick, didn't do that. Rick, Ric Flair Drip is a... Nature Boy would have been great, but Ric Flair Drip is a stupid uh, uh, rap song. Yeah, that's you know, it is because it's a rap And that got popular. Boo. Smart in his part. So we could have some new Fear Factory at the end of the year, maybe? <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that the guy from Smash Mouth left the band right around the same time. I think he's probably been working with Fear Factory this whole time. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's that's the mystery solved right there. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, Whoa. I think I just I made my, my own outtake for this week. Got <laughs> <laughs> a case of the giggles. Uh, hey, what are you hey now, <laughs> Silverstein, Hawthorne Heights, four four years strong, sixty eight, Harm's Way, Prison, and two bands that have yet to be announced. Single day tickets are also now available. I heard one of those bands is Fear Factory with their new singer. <laughs> Smash Mouth. Former Every Time I Die frontman Keith, my voice went out. <laughs> 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 what the fuck was so that? <laughs> 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 You can't try to go too, like just back in, bro. Jeez, you all right? Were you at the show too? Well, you felt like it for a second there. Shit. <laughs> oh man. Just give me outtakes for the year end up your year, year of end episode. You gotta coat the throat with the blood of a goat. <laughs> recipe children and lastly max cavalera recently joined deftones on stage for their performance at australia's good things festival festival <laughs> oh wow he did it twice, that <laughs> twice in a row that's good <laughs> and lastly in case anyone missed it smash mouth released a new single on july 4th this fucking guy <laughs> called fourth of july Absolute fucking banger. Like bang the fucking radio so it shuts the fuck off. <laughs> hey now, you're an all-star. You know the fucking lyrics, so how about that? Everybody knows those fucking lyrics. I don't know the lyrics. Don't even try I don't know the lyrics. Don't sit there like you don't have an L on the shape of the shape of an L on your forehead. Oh, you fucked it up. <laughs> See? I will sit here like I don't have an L on my forehead. Yeah, I just put the L on my own forehead. You did. <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me. There's no toy in the cereal, cause I got that shit. I'm singing into the mic tonight, cause I'm feeling alright, alright, alright. <laughs> your bosom is quite appealing. 
my shirt just popped up. A little bit of bass in your voice. <laughs> Pardon me, madam, but your bosom is quite appealing. You want to lower that bass in your voice, sir? Pardon me, madam, but your bosom is quite appealing. <laughs> everyone that is our show for this week hopefully you enjoyed listening to the best of 2022 remember to weigh in and let us know what are your favorite albums of the year in order to do that you need to give us a like and a follow on facebook and instagram at two metal for this and anytime you drop your own six list in the comment section we will shout you out on the next episode make sure you tune in to the next episode we will be kicking off the year with the best opening tracks on metal albums. That's it for this week. Until next week, keep it metal and rage with respect. Respect.